Park Hopping Podcast number 71, Bootleg. Celebrating 11 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 71. The podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast. Greeting once again from Des Moines, Iowa. It seems like it's been many months since the last episode, mostly because it has been many months since the last episode. But today I'm back for another quick show. And like many of my shows, I'm going to start with some quick comments and maybe a rant or two, and then some useless random stuff that seemed like a good idea at the time. I also have some brand new music to share for you and a quick story about a place some older music I did turned up recently. Also, I'll then share with you a great site you can use for getting all kinds of rare Disney audio and video without having to pay some guy on eBay who probably just downloaded it for free in the first place. All this and more on today's installment of the Park Hopping Podcast. First, before I get going, I wanted to mention that I no longer have a voicemail number, so if you've left any messages for me in the past couple of weeks, somebody else probably got them. Drop me an email instead. As far as I know, my email still works, and that's podcast at disneyfans.com. Second, for those of you who have asked, yes, I was near some substantial flooding that happened in Iowa last month, but no, I wasn't directly affected. I don't much like the idea of living in a floodplain, so I choose to live somewhere else. My home stayed high and dry, and if it wasn't for working downtown, I might not have even realized anything was going on other than a bit of rain. Now, since I actually do work downtown, um, the flooding was pretty apparent. There was a whole section of town with buildings sandbagged, entrances were boarded up, and even some evacuations. We had a small section go under a foot or two of water for a bit, and some shops were closed for a while to pump out their basements. We also had some areas of town that were pretty badly hit, and my condolences go out to all those who lost their homes in the region. Now, during the week or so of the actual flood situation, each day I'd go down near the Des Moines River with some co-workers and take some pictures. I even put up a special photo blog showing the waters rising from day to day and many of the places around town uh, that were affected. There was a stretch of Interstate 80 north of Des Moines that was surrounded by water. It really looked like you were driving across a bridge over a lake or something. And there were baseball fields completely underwater and all kinds of stuff. If you're curious about this, the photos are now on my Other Places Gallery at DisneyFans.com. And there should be a link to my blog somewhere on the main page of the site. It was pretty interesting, uh, a pretty, pretty neat experience, actually. Now I just wonder why folks continue to rebuild and live in areas that have repeatedly flooded over the years. Personally, I kind of like staying dry, Uh, but I digress. Today, I want to start out with a quick story. Last month, I was eating at a local fast food place called Iowa Castle. The guy who owns it was trying to get a franchise for the White Castle here in Des Moines, but various things prevented him from doing that, so he just created his own restaurant. The place is actually pretty good. It has over 20 combo meals and has everything from burgers to tacos to pizza and even euros. It's a great place to go when you want something cheap and fast but can't decide on what you want. It's a bad place to go if someone is in line in front of you and they can't decide what they want. And if you thought it was bad when you're at Disney behind that family that can't choose between the four combos of the Magic Kingdom, try going to this place. So there I was having a meal, and then I hear some music playing. I instantly recognized it as the Yo-Ho song from Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, the ride version. It was an electronic version, and it sounded like a ringtone or something. 
I used to use the song um, as a ringtone on my old cell phone, actually, and I thought it was neat that somebody else did the same thing. Now, I looked around the restaurant, and I didn't see anyone going after their phone, and then I noticed over in the corner was this crane game, you know, like the claw from Toy Story, where you put your money in and you move the claw around to pick up a toy? Well, I noticed it had a bunch of pirate artwork on it, and it was called Pirate's Chest. This Pirate's Chest game was apparently the source of the Yo-Ho music I was hearing. I then wondered if they were actually paying a license to use this Disney tune in their non-Disney game, but I stopped wondering about that when I realized the music arrangement sounded a lot like the version of Yoho I did as a MIDI file about 10 years ago. And I mean, it really sounded a lot like the version I did. I got up and ran over to the machine to listen closer before it stopped playing, and I noticed it had a still drum playing the lead vocal line. Now, there's no still drum in the real version of Yo-Ho, so it seemed unlikely that someone else would have chosen the same instrument that wasn't even found in the original song, because I chose a still drum in the version that I did. I also noticed the accordion part was, was pretty darned accurate with all the little notes, and I remembered spending a lot of my time working trying to get the accordion to match as close as I could. I was pretty sure it was my arrangement, so when I got home, I played my version of the song on my computer to refresh my memory, and sure enough, it did sound a lot like the one in the game, or rather, the one in the game sounded a lot like mine. So a few days later, I went back to Iowa Castle and I brought along a recorder. What I'm about to play is the version recorded from the machine at the Iowa Castle restaurant, followed by the same version again with my MIDI file played on top of it, cropped to match the same portion of the song, and you'll see that it's the same one. So there you go, a 10-year-old MIDI file I did ends up in a pirate-themed game at a local Des Moines fast food restaurant. I mean, what are the odds of that? A friend of mine says I should be mad that they used my file without permission, but since I don't have permission from Disney to be posting my copy of the song on the internet in the first place, I'd rather not call attention to it. I'll just consider it yet another interesting place that something I've done has shown up, and I'll leave it at that. So if you see a pirate's chest game in your area, you can tell your friends, hey, I know the guy who did the music for that. Unless, of course, one of your friends is a copyright lawyer and he wants to know what business I had doing a version of a copyrighted song without permission from Disney in the first place. I guess the biggest problem I have now is trying to figure out how I'm going to get one of those games to keep. I have copies of the two issues of Haunted Attraction magazine that some of my Haunted Mansion pictures have appeared in. I have copies of the travel brochures, some Los Angeles... Uh, uh, tourism thing did that have some of my Disneyland pictures in it, but so far I haven't had to make room for anything as large as an arcade game, but maybe someday. Next on the list is a new song that I just did, and I wanted to share it with you for the first time. 
Long-time listeners of the Park Hopping Podcast may recall I started out my first episode using a version of the Haunted Mansion theme song that I did. That version of the song, which I called Grim Jamming Ghosts, has floated around the internet and appeared on various other Disney fan podcasts and even been found on some bootleg CD compilations. Somewhere along the line, it uh, looks like someone took my name off of it and renamed it, but at least we know where it came from, right? Well, today I wanted to add yet another song to go along with my MIDI file of Yoho and my MP3 file of Grim Jamming Ghosts. And it's a new version of the Haunted Mansion Graveyard song. It's not totally complete, but I thought I'd share this version with you, and then we'll see how long it takes before my name gets removed, and the name of the song gets changed, and the file comes back to me from someone else. So here we go. Ah, there you are. Just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> they have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. Now I will raise the safety bar. And a ghost will follow you home. Exit to your left by stepping away from the cars with your left foot first.
If you've done your own version of Grim Grinning Ghosts or Yoho or something else from the Disney parks and you'd like to share it, send me an email. I'd love to play some more stuff like that on this podcast in the future. And if you want to download a copy of that song when I get it done, I'll be placing it in the audio section of DisneyFans.com and also adding it to this podcast feed. Think of it as Halloween in July or probably August by the time I get around to it. And now I wanted to comment briefly on something that might save you some money. For a while, there's been a pretty large underground network of fans who've been trading bootleg Disney audio. You could get copies of the actual studio tracks used to make the soundtrack for rides like Pirates of the Caribbean or the background music that's played at Epcot. In the early years of the internet, there were private file servers you could get access to for trading these tracks. With a bit of work and finding the right person to ask, it was easy to obtain hours and hours of this rare audio. Okay, okay, let me digress here for a moment. One of my pet peeves is when someone shares something they call rare audio. According to the definition of rare, it means not widely known, especially valued for its uncommonness, a rare word, rare books. It seems to me that once you post an MP3 file on the internet, and thousands or even millions of people can get a copy of it, it's no longer very rare. I'd even argue that there are probably more people out there with copies of certain Haunted Mansion sound files than people who own the legitimate Disney audio CD. There's certainly more people who have downloaded bootleg copies of some of this Disneyland stuff than bought the official 5-CD Disneyland audio history box set. But ignoring semantics, there are tons of rare audio files out on the internet that are, at least for today, very, very easy to get copies of. Certainly much easier than 10 years ago when things seemed to stay a bit under the radar. Now, speaking of 10 years ago, Disney finally took notice to the growing demand for this underground audio, and when the new Tomorrowland opened at Disneyland in 1998, one of the big features was a store that had these Disneyland Forever kiosks. They were touchscreen computers, kind of like an ATM machine, and you could browse through sections of source audio from all over the park. Then you could choose which tracks you wanted to be put on a custom CD that they'd actually burn for you right there. It was very, very cool. You could make a disc any way you wanted, with some ghost host tracks and then some big thunder music, and finish it off with the monorail announcements. For people who couldn't make up their minds, they also had some pre-selected discs you could order. A bit later, similar kiosks would appear at Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, today, I think they're pretty much all gone, though. The last remaining remnant of the CD-on-demand technology at Disneyland was in the Main Street Music Shop. They would actually digitized tons of the old Disneyland records, and you could buy copies of them. This was the only legal way to get copies of the old Jungle Cruise LP, or the Hall of Presidents soundtrack. I don't remember if I noticed this kiosk still there when I visited last December, but they did have a catalog on the counter listing tons of old albums you could buy copies of on CD. So if anyone knows the status of the ones in Florida, uh, please drop me a note. I didn't check for that at all when I was there last year. Now, I must confess that even though this podcast episode is all about rare bootleg audio... I'm really not much of an audio collector myself. There have only been a handful of MP3 files I've ever downloaded copies of, actually. I do own a bunch of the official Disneyland Forever CDs and pretty much every Disney theme park audio CD I've ever seen. Uh, but even when things were in full swing at Disney, there were still tons of things never made available legally. But even much of the legally available stuff is still getting passed around today, probably because there will always be folks out there who'd rather steal music than pay for it. I guess the worst thing I've done is actually bought a set of bootleg CDs a couple of years ago. 
You may recall me being a bit surprised when I found one of my own created MP3 files on that set. You may also notice that I try to avoid using any copyrighted music in my podcast. Uh, other than a few snippets a few times, I've done my best to avoid playing stuff illegally here. I'd rather not get in trouble with the RIAA or whoever, and I'd rather not get you in trouble as well for downloading a copy of an MP3 that contains illegal music. But many of the Disney fan podcasts do play illegal audio, and some have been doing it for years now without running into any trouble. There's even still a number of people selling bootleg Disney CDs right out in front of everyone on eBay. But since I've personally had a few small run-ins with Disney Legal in the past over some of my home movie DVDs and even some of my photos, I've tried to keep a rather low profile when it comes to stuff like that. That's kind of the downside to being on the radar from having a site full of Disney stuff that's been around since 1996. But for those of you who are curious, today I wanted to end with a quick tip on a site where you can download all kinds of Disney audio and video. It might save you a few bucks before you decide to pay someone for a copy of stuff they probably just downloaded from the site for free. The site is called mousebits.com, and it's a download index site. You may have heard of a type of download program called BitTorrent. And um, that's probably where the bits in the name mousebits.com comes from. BitTorrent is basically a way to share files on the internet by splitting them up into a bunch of little pieces that folks share. When you use a BitTorrent program to download some huge file, you're actually getting a bunch of small pieces from a bunch of different users. When enough people are sharing the same file, it lets you download a huge file without someone having to host the entire file and pay all the bandwidth to serve it. Mousebits.com is a uh, searchable index of these BitTorrent files, and once you have the torrent file for what you're looking for, you use a BitTorrent program to download the actual files. I'm really trying to keep this from being a technical geek podcast, so we'll just say that you need a BitTorrent program, then you can find stuff to download at Mousebits.com. There's even BitTorrent download programs that run directly from a web page, so you don't even have to install any software. Or you can use something like Views, V-U-Z-E, which works on Windows, Macs, and Linux computers. Some of the things you can get are copies of old Wonderful World of Disney TV shows. You can find the opening TV specials of Walt Disney World, Epcot, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and even Euro Disney. Someone even posted what looks like raw video from the opening ceremonies of all the pavilions at World Showcase. Um, if you remember seeing something back in the 1980s where the Muppets went to Walt Disney World, well, that special is there, too. There are all kinds of specials on the creation and opening of rides, like Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain, or the making of the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland, or even Expedition Everest. There's even a rather bizarre show on aliens and UFOs that's tied into the opening of Alien Encounter from the Magic Kingdom. It's a total goldmine of old TV content for folks who are willing to risk it. When it comes to audio, you can find source audio tracks to the theme parks. There's even sets of CDs that give you hundreds of tracks and templates you can print out that have the little CD case inserts and even liner notes in the, the front cover. You just print it out, fold it up, stick it in your jewel cases, and it, it looks like something you bought. Some of this stuff is actually better packaged than the official CDs you buy from Disney um, directly. Now, I'm not real sure how I feel about all of this. I know folks who will not buy any of the official Disney theme park CDs because they say they can get it all and more for free from sites like Mousebits or from podcasts. But I also know folks like myself who still will buy official compilations from Disney whenever they come out. 
Um, for me, I just want to support Disney when they do something like this, hoping that it will convince them to do more in the future. Back when Disneyland Forever started up, at one of the presentations, uh, a Disney guy specifically said they didn't want to see copies of any of their tracks floating around on the internet or they'd pull the project. I certainly didn't share any of mine, but not everyone is like that. If you remember that bootleg CD set I mentioned that I paid for, well, one of the things on it was a complete copy of the entire multi-disc Disneyland history CD set that was still for sale for like 129 bucks. So while I may not be big into trading audio, if you've wondered where you could find some of this stuff, go ahead and check out mousebits.com. Just be careful. While Disney hasn't seemed to care much about folks passing around bootleg stuff, you never know when that could change. So, if you don't download it, you can always go to the parks and record your own home movies. So, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 55,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country. You can even find photos from the Great Des Moines, Iowa flood of 2008, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. Remember, I no longer have voicemail, so podcast at disneyfans.com it is this has been the park hopping podcast show number 71 bootleg hey thanks for listening and i'll be back with more stuff uh, whenever i get around to it right now i'm busy working on tv commercials see you another crappy podcast production be sure to visit another crappy podcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <laughs> podcasts